Hello, friend. I'm Michael McCurry. Thank you so much for listening to the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast. I'm going to encourage you to grab your Bibles. Turn to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17. While you turn there, let me tell you about the Gospel Tract. 1 Samuel chapter 17, we're going to return to the scene of the battle. David and Goliath. We're going to find out what really happens and how David was able to gain the victory. But before that, let me tell you about this gospel track that I have in my hand right now. Thank you for your service. Now, is this gospel track for those that are veterans? Those that have fought in foreign wars? Is it for our servicemen and women? Not quite. We do have other tracks that work perfectly for our veterans and things of that nature. But this gospel track is for those that have provided you a specific service personally. On the front, it has, you can see those that maybe cut your hair, has people that maybe serve you, the wait staff, things of that nature, people that help you out purposefully and personally. Thank you for your service. And then it says, your service was. And on the front cover, it gives four options, four little check boxes. It says, your service was, at the very bottom, it says, acceptable. Well, that doesn't sound great, does it? How about the next one? Good. That's okay. It's not great, though. Then the next one up is excellent. Your service was excellent. And the very top box is the greatest in all the world. Now, if you think about it, this gospel tract kind of hopefully will grab someone. Maybe you've left a generous tip inside this gospel tract and you left it on that little tray at the restaurant and it says, thank you, your service was, and then they want to know why you didn't mark it as the greatest in all the world because the check check box is already marked excellent. Why is it marked excellent and not the greatest in all the world? Is it because that's hyperbole? Is it because that's a superlative? Uh, No, friend, it's because there was one, there is one, that has provided the greatest service in all the world when he died and gave his life for you and for me. His name was Jesus Christ. And this gospel tract uses that story to tell the gospel to those that provide you a service. You can find this gospel tract on BibleTractsInc.org today. BibleTractsInc.org today. You can get them for free. Did I mention our gospel tracts are free? In spite of inflation, in spite of current economic conditions, we are still printing our gospel tracts for free. If you'd like to partner with us, feel free, but I can, I can tell you this. We're looking for people that will pray for us. We're looking for people that will distribute our gospel tracts and a distant third. We're looking for people to partner financially with us. If God leads you to do any of those things, we would be much obliged. First Samuel chapter number 17, we read in previous days about this man named Goliath massive man, six cubits and a span. Verse number five of 1 Samuel 17. And he, Goliath, had a helmet of brass upon his head. He was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. He had greaves of brass upon his legs and a target of brass between his shoulders. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. And his spears had weighed 600 shekels of iron, and one bearing a shield went before him. I'm going to have to look at what a weaver's beam looks like. I'm imagining like a cross between a, let's see, a telephone pole and a 4x4, four 6x6. Four, six six. I'm not quite sure. I'm going, to, I'm going to have to look that up so I have a mental image of what a weaver's beam looks like. And he stood, the Bible says, and cried unto the armies of Israel. 
and said unto them. And then he launches into this diatribe, basically just kind of denigrating them, putting them down, telling them they're nothing. He says this, you send out a man to confront me. If your guy wins one-on-one combat, then all of us will be your slaves. But if I beat your guy, then all of you will be our slaves. What he's effectively doing is he's throwing down a gauntlet and he's declaring war. He's declaring war. Now, here's the thought today. It's time to declare war. But before we declare war on the world, the flesh, and the devil, there's a few things that we need to understand. We need to realize what it's going to cost us. We need to realize what it's going to cause for us if we declare war. And so let's look at the story of a young man named David as he declared war. Verse number 12 of, uh, let's see, verse number 11 first. When Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistine, when they heard what he had to say, Goliath, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Verse number 12. Now David was the son of that Ephrathite of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse, and he, Jesse, had eight sons. And the man went among men for an old man in the days of Saul. Jesse was an old man, the Bible says. And the three eldest sons of Jesse went and followed Saul to the battle. And the names of his three sons that went to the battle were Eliab, the firstborn, and next unto him Abinadab, and the third Shammah. And David was the youngest of the eight. Okay, He wasn't fourth in line, he was number eight. And the three eldest followed Saul. Verse 15. But David went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. Now realize in chapter number 16, there's a little bit of context here. David is playing an instrument, playing the harp for Saul to appease the, the evil spirit within him. But David, the Bible says, during the battle, during this war that's going to happen, David went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. Verse 16. And the Philistine drew near morning and evening and presented himself 40 days, twice a day, 40 days, 80 times the Israelites hear this diatribe. Verse number 17. And Jesse said unto David his son, take now for thy brethren an ephah of this parched corn and these 10 loaves and run to the camp to thy brethren and carry these 10 cheeses unto the captain of their thousand and look how thy brethren fare and take their pledge. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. And David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper and took and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the trench as the host was going forth to fight and shouted for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had put the battle in array, army against army. And David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage and ran into the army and came and saluted his brethren. As he talked with them, behold... There came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines, and spake according to the same words, and David heard them. All the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. Now, we don't know for a fact if every time, the 80 times that Goliath came out and presented himself and said these things, if they fled every single time, but knowing the Israelites... It's highly likely. They'd come up, they'd muster enough courage in the morning, and they'd say, we're going to come out and do battle. And the Philistine came out, said his peace, and they all ran away. In the afternoon, evening time, they came out, we're going to do battle again. They finally, they steeled up the courage. Goliath comes out, says what he says, and they all run away again. Now, we don't know if this happened again and again, but, but imagine with me that maybe it did. But here, 
David, he's hearing these words for the first time. Get this. Here's what David said. Verse number 24, And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. And the men of Israel said, like they're still talking about this. They've seen like 40 days. Have ye seen this man that has come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up. And it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will enrich him with great riches and will give unto give, give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. But David starts asking some searching questions. He's offended by this. He's not offended for himself personally. He's offended on behalf of Almighty God. He's like, you guys are standing around letting him talk like that? In verse number 28, we'll skip down. And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David and said, Why camest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart. For thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. Can I tell you, Eliab was feeling guilty about the fact that he was doing nothing. And he was angry with David for talking about doing something. And David said, in the famous verse, What have I now done? Is there not a cause? He asks a question. Already in his heart is the faint stirrings of a declaration of war. He's heard this guy talk. He's had enough of his mess. He's only heard it one time, and he's thinking, We're not doing this again. What's wrong with you guys? Is there not a cause? Eliab bothered by it. Can I tell you as we jump right in here that there are a few items that you'll need to check off the list if you're going to be willing to declare war. Number one, you must be available. You've got to be available. There's so many folks that talk a good talk, but when it comes down to the fight actually being ready to happen, when it comes down to fisticuffs about to occur, when the boxing gloves get strapped on, they're nowhere to be found. You've got to be available. David, yes, was in the right place at the right time, but he was available to say, you know what, somebody's got to do something. I want to be that man. But he was not just available. If you're going to declare war, you've got to be willing to get aggressive. You've got to be willing to get aggressive. Now, what are you talking about here? It, it seems like in this day and time, a lack of aggression is glorified. The effeminate man is seemingly put up on a pedestal and the toxic masculinity of what the Bible would call biblical masculinity is, has been pushed down and dumbed down. What are you talking about getting aggressive? And I'm not just talking to the men that are listening right now. When sin is as aggressive as it is in our world right now, there is a time and a place for God's people, for Christians, to get aggressive, to take an aggressive stance. It's not time to play patty cake with the world, the flesh, and the devil. Think about, uh, we talked about yesterday, about when Japan attacked Pearl Harbor, December 7th, 1941. FDR, the president, had a decision to make. And on December 8th, 1941, just 24 hours or thereabouts later, he sits in front of the assembled houses of Congress and says, here's the deal, we are going to war. I'd recommend pull up on YouTube December 8th, 1941, FDR declaration of war with Japan and us entering World War II. They declared war. 
You, you say, of course they did. There was no choice to be made. No, friend, there was a choice to be made. They could have just taken it on the chin and said, I don't want any part of this. You guys do whatever you want. Talking to the Japanese, talking to the Axis powers, talking to, to Italy, talking to uh, uh, the Nazi Germany, talking to all the, uh, everything that was going on at the time. They could have said, we want no part of this. But they said, we're going to declare war. And they were going to have to get aggressive about it. Now, we're going to continue this discussion tomorrow. I'm going to ask you, if you would, would you join us again tomorrow? Would you be a part of the broadcast? I would love for you to listen in as we talk about declaring war. Not for our own gain, not for our own infamy, not for our own glory, but for his glory. My desire is that you would have a great day for his glory and that you join us tomorrow on the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast. Have a great day. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracts Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample booklet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 130, Dwight, Illinois 60420. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.